welcome, welcome, welcome back to Woman Unplugged. Not every day, Woman Unplugged, where we go back to the episode previously aired and we just unpack some of the themes Mm -hmm. and we bring in special guests. They don't have to be women. And so today I have a very, very, very special guest. That's a lot of berries. It is a lot of berries. (laughs) Um, I have my dear husband, Adam. Here with me today. Adam, hey, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, our last guest was Alicia Wade. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot to say about her son and all of that. So I, I thought Adam would be a great guest because Adam has been thrust into, <laughs> into the parenting um realm. So Thank you so much for being my guest today. My pleasure. Awesome. Okay, so we'll jump right in because I don't know if you can tell, but we're dressed for a party. <laughs> so we got places to go. Um, we'll see. People to see. To food to eat. Yes. Listen, I'm hungry. And also, I've been doing this new, like, like new, like yesterday, <laughs> um, gluten-free. So I reluctantly asked Adam this morning if he would. Whoa. Hold me accountable because, uh, yeah, I don't want to be a mindless eater. He's a very intentional human. So I told him I was reluctant to ask him to He's keep be me. knocking stuff out of your hand. <laughs> That's something so messed up. Uh, but, I mean, I told him also be kind. Because I'm I know, mean. No, you so. are not mean, but you will hold me accountable. Yes. I know that. So we had a nice little chat about that today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. Shall we? Sure. Okay. So um, Alicia talked about um, talking to her son, Jonathan, who I think is 14, 15, about dating and like girls that he likes. Did you feel comfortable talking to your dad? No. (laughs) And not because of him, just because like. Being a teenager, they're old. They don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They, like, I get it. The girls are watching this. <laughs> I know. Well, but I mean, I get it. But, like, uh, things do change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting looking back and thinking about, as a teenager, the things I thought about adults. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of that coming back at me. I'm like, you don't even know. Mm-hmm. But... It's a cycle. Like every right. generation thinks that uh, I'm uh, desperately trying to not be the guy that tries to be cool when he's not cool, but also like being somewhat aware of what is going on in the world. Right. Too. Absolutely. Um, so I think the fact that, uh, and I'm also a bonus parent, so yes. uh, and male, so the fact that um, they don't always want to come to me with things is perfectly reasonable. And uh, I would like to give uh, not necessarily advice, but perspective uh, if they are uh, dealing with certain things. But I also know that uh, they're probably not going to come to me. And I'm okay with that. I mean, it it makes sense, but it also is like, man, I could probably help quite a bit too. Yeah, that part. So, for those that are watching, if you're not watching for the first time, then you know that I have three daughters um, from a previous marriage. And if you are watching for the first time, um, then now you know. But then also Adam has not only been thrust into parenting, but also parenting teenagers and parenting teenage daughters in the modern era. So um, I was thinking about how. Uh, uh, you know, she had mentioned that he might be a little nervous, like asking out a date. And so she was like, hey, we need to be honest because, you know, they might get swooped up before. Like, were you nervous asking? Yeah. Like, how did you approach that as a as a teen? I did not date much in high school. I was not a popular kid. I, um, which is one of the reasons why I would like to give perspective because yeah. One of the fabulous things about Facebook is you can get in contact with people that you went to school with. And I, 
people that I haven't seen for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and I remember having conversations with people 20 years post-graduation mm -hmm. and them saying, yeah, I had the biggest crush on you. I'm like, what? I don't even let me know. Oh. Or uh, you were so intimidating. I'm like, clearly I was You're having- You're tall though. I'm tall, but uh, I also had anxiety and depression yeah. and uh, I was awkward. Uh, and my reality was completely different uh, than what other people perceived of me. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's some valuable lessons in that, yeah, yeah. but it's just, um, yeah, it's hard being a teenager. So it is. I'm, and so no tips for Jonathan oh, asking out on a date. What perspective would you give? I was having a conversation with somebody recently and they said, if you could go back and do high school over again, would you? I said, well, there's one important caveat to that. Yeah. Do I know now? You know, if I could go back knowing what and I know now, you had, I yeah. would totally do it. And kill if it. I just had to go back and do it again, no. Like, <laughs> nope, nope, don't want any part of that. But, yeah. um, man, the, <laughs> since my injury, uh, I have a spinal cord injury, and uh, it changed my perspective on things. I have dated and then married way mm -hmm. outside of my league because... <laughs> I was like, you know what? Uh, the answer is no to 100% of the questions that you never ask. Mm -hmm. And so if you just, like, the worst that they can say is no. And does rejection suck? Of course. Of course, yeah. But you're never going to know unless you go out there. And so I have, and I've been turned down by plenty since right. my injury, but I have asked several women that um, prior to the injury I would have never asked. And I was, And I also... <laughs> may have had the uh, perspective of like, well, it's about the disability if they say yeah. no. <laughs> it's clearly not about me, Because uh, you're amazing. Well, sure, thank you. Yeah. But uh, I would say be nervous and do it anyway. Uh, yeah. Fear has kept me from uh, experiencing lots of amazing things in this life and I don't want that to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, that's the, the the benefit of age is you have perspective and you can learn lessons from yourself. So true wisdom is learning from other people's experience. Mm. Um, and so if I were to give any guidance to a teenager is learn from my experience. Right. And just shoot your shot. Dive in. Shoot, shoot your shot. shot. And yeah, you'll. Hey, you, shot a shot with me. We went out for ice cream. It was sucker. Like. <laughs> Not a sucker at all. Listen, first of all, it was dairy free. And second of all, it's the best first date I've ever been on in my life. It was fantastic. It was a really good first date. It was. Okay, so you're new to parenting. Yes. How do you balance work with work with kids, activities, and you know, how do you determine what gets the priority in a given day? Work or oh, you know parent-teacher conferences or Esther has a game or yeah I mean I uh, <laughs> I'm new but I also think that nobody has all the answers mm -hmm. um, and there's definitely a certain amount of weight that's you know you have to bring that in and I really like the fact that she uh, Alicia said that her kids take priority and I, I, yeah. I think that should be the case I had the example of my father, who is a single parent, uh, working two jobs, yeah, and managed to be not a, everything, but most things. Right. Um, Your memory is my dad was there. My dad yeah. was there. Yeah. Uh, concerts definitely there. I played in the pet band for like uh, basketball. Wasn't necessarily yeah. there for every one of those, uh, but I was also in marching band. Um, he was, if not every. 90% halftime shows, uh, competitions, unless uh, he was doing something for work that he had to be there, he was there. Um, yeah, he was there. Yeah. I'm not sure how he did it. Uh, so, like, <laughs> that, is, that is my goal. Uh, I know that I fall short. Um, and I've also had, I had like, the first year of our marriage dealing with a pressure wound. Yeah. Um, 
and then a surgery. And so I missed a lot of things that um, I really hated to miss. And then also I went to a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have gone to because mm -hmm. it was important to me, but um, I was only supposed to be up for two hours a day and right. I very rarely was actually under two hours a day. Yeah. And would frequently be at four or five, six hours a day when the wind, and I mean. Yeah. So. For those that are watching and are not familiar with a pressure wound, it's uh, the best thing that I can equate it to is more like a, like a bed sore almost. And so when you're sitting. That's the other word for it. And like, it's another word for, okay, well, yeah. there you go. You do this ulcer, bed sore, pressure wound. Also, I mean, there's all sorts of different words for Which it. Which yeah. happens um, from time to time, especially if you're sitting a lot like this young man here. Um, and so because of that, he could only be um, up in his chair uh, or he couldn't be up in his chair for a good number of hours. Um, so that was definitely an adjustment during mm -hmm. the first year of marriage. And then I was in the hospital for five weeks from October 12th to just before yeah. Thanksgiving. So that, I mean, obviously I missed things for that. And then until New Year's Eve, I believe, was when I finally got the final release. I had limited amount of activity that I could be up. And so that yeah, even more so uh, became how do you weigh those things? Because I still need to make a living to pay bills to right, right. Uh, support the family, but I also wanted to be there. So. Uh, I mean, it feels good now that I'm able to be up and got my stamina back and can not do all the things, but more of the things. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think we do with parenting, co-parenting on the kids? I think we're still learning. I mean, we're, we're two years in. Um, and I think some things we do really well. And then other times I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known that like a do <laughs> either a do-over or like just i'm finding out late like whole conversations have been had about things and then i find out oh. Uh, like oh yeah we're doing this tonight like that i mean would have would have been nice to be a plan for uh, noted noted but it's a learning process and so trying to figure mm -hmm. all that out and again i'm a bonus parent uh, and so where does that, you know, line come in? Um, and it's also the oldest is now 21. She moved out the week after I moved in. Mm -hmm. Our relationship is very different. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the middle is 18. She just moved out. Um, and I think she and I might talk more now that she's gone yeah. than, uh, when she was here. And then the youngest is just turned 16. And so like each of them, one, because of where I came into their life at, as far as what age and what stage. And then obviously they're different human beings. Mm -hmm. So um, there's, there's layers to how involved in that I'm going to be. Because yeah. obviously I move in a week later, like it's a completely different deal for the oldest than it is the other two that actually got to spend some time living with me and me being an actual co-parent. Yeah. Like I think the oldest probably sees me more as a friend yeah, uh, and less of a dad, which mm -hmm. I get. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. And so navigating all of that for you and I is difficult in a learning experience as we, for sure. as we, figure all of that out because it's like I'm new to this it's new for you because it's right. a different person than their father it, yeah. it's a second your first second marriage you know like the we're not doing this again all of all of the things add layers to yeah. it and so it's like anybody we're, we're figuring out the best we can absolutely I agree um okay so we were both band kids like I didn't play sports. Um, did you play sports? A little bit. Like I, I did uh, soccer in elementary school. I did basketball in junior high. Um, but, so I, I mean, but I did, high school, high school. I didn't. I mean, yeah. I was, I was a band geek all the way. Yeah, like same. Proud band geek. Like same. I, that is a derogatory term. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, and I. And you play what instrument? 
percussion. Percussion. So I think a lot of the things that uh, are benefits of sports you also get from band, mm -hmm. um, specifically like marching band. Um, but I also think there's added things that uh, music does as far as, I mean, there's all kinds of studies about it as far as mm -hmm. like what it does for your brain, uh, scoring much higher, in, especially yeah. in mathematics, but everything across the board. Um, but you also get a lot of the same uh, benefits as being on a sports team as well. Yeah. Um, Do you think you could have survived being in a black marching band? I don't know enough to answer that correctly. Eight to five. Because nine to five. Sorry. No, it's eight, eight to five. five. Ninety degree angle. So I mean, we did eight to five, but we did low step as opposed to high step yeah. uh, marching. Uh, there are certain things that my personality fit better with the more military style mm -hmm. than. Uh, some of the black marching and it's not across the board so mm -hmm. um there are things that i like about both and i don't know enough yeah. about black marching bands to say oh yeah i could have hung or no i wouldn't I mean, yeah it was fun times we yeah. would spend our summers in grambling uh at grambling state university to, to train so shout out grambling state university uh, and then we would do these band competitions around the uh, the country. I mean, I marched in the Rose Bowl and the, some of these other parades. I mean, it was just some great, great times. And then we would always find a band to battle, especially the drum line. So if you play percussion, what did, did you do the quads? Was it the quads? I did snare my freshman year, which Ooh, was snare. a like an honor to be a freshman and to be snare. Yeah. And then I played quads my sophomore year and loved it mm -hmm. and just stayed on quads. And so typically the section leader would be on uh, snare. And so one, because of the fact that uh, I was in quads and two, frankly, because uh, not because of my talent, but because of some behavioral things, uh, I was not given section leader my senior year. So, um, I mean. That's okay. Everybody's got a story. My band director would get so frustrated. He's like, man, I would see greatness. And then you just do the stupidest stuff sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't make captain of my senior, my, my, of, as a senior, my best friend did, Amber. Shout out, Amber. She was our majorette captain. So I didn't play an instrument. I, twirled mm. the baton i was a majorette and it was the good times okay alicia talked about aligning her goals with her son's goals like her goals for her son with his goals for himself uh what do you hope for your bonus children I girls them, i hope you're listening i want them to be healthy happy and whole yeah i came in late so maybe i'm less likely to get into that um having a particular idea of what their yeah goals and or future should be um maybe it's also uh both through reading and and uh Oh, yeah, making himself, <laughs> <laughs> making himself known. This is Graham, everybody. It's this Adam's is... service dog. Although uh, he's not working right now. Yeah. So it is easier to be just, you know, I want them to be healthy, happy, and whole. Yeah. I want them to be successful in whatever that looks like to them. Yeah. Um, and I think all three of them have very different ideas of what what success cool. will be. Mm -hmm. um, so I want them to be successful in whatever that looks like for them. Good answer. Graham, what do you think? Yes. Graham, oh. um, This was interesting. She talked about uh, Jonathan having so many 
uh, black teachers. Have you ever had a black teacher? Definitely not in like kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh -huh. uh, and I, I mean, I grew up in a white area. White. That was white, white. White. Yeah, yeah. Um, like per grade, you could usually have a black oh, wow. maybe wow. a couple. Wow. Um, so I don't think I've, I know I didn't kindergarten through 12. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure I haven't in, in college. In college. Wow. Um, I have had, I know one uh, professor was Chinese. I've had a uh, couple that were Latinx, mm -hmm. um, but I can't remember any black professors or teachers. Yeah. Which and is it, sad. it is. I think about like how few there are. Um, you know, I definitely had had maybe shout out Miss Jacobs. I remember Miss Jacobs fifth grade and elementary um, middle school. I had quite a few. It was pretty uh, racially diverse mm -hmm. um, at Carver. The school was at Emerson as well, but at Carver, um, the middle school, I had several black teachers. My principal was black. Um, Carver Middle School, Miss Barbara Johnson. Shout out Barbara Johnson. Um, she was amazing. And then uh, in high school, Booker T, I mean, it was historically black, but was integrated in 1973. But by the time I arrived in high school, which oh, was in 94, I guess, um, the teacher population was pretty well mixed. I had black teachers, but I didn't have a lot of black male teachers. So I, um, Mr. Myers, I remember Mr. Myers, he follows me on Facebook. I'm, I'm gonna tag him. I remember him. He was a great uh, teacher and an assistant principal. And then Mr. Williams, uh, if you ever had Mr. Williams in high school at Booker T, then enough said, right? I mean, just talk about a man that had such a profound impact on the lives of his students. Uh, his standards were high. He did not take any BS. Um, and boy, if you weren't trying to reach those standards like all the time. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Williams. And Carlisha, if you're watching this, thank you for sharing your dad with all of us <laughs> all those years. I think it's just interesting to see the mix of male and female and at different grades. And because you, I didn't see, see very many. I didn't have him, but um, Mr. Hauk, uh was the first male teacher that um, like I saw in a grade. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think he might have moved from fifth to sixth grade mm -hmm. um, as I moved through there, mm -hmm. but I didn't have him either time, but I think he was the first male teacher. We had like a gym teacher or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't remember seeing many males until junior high and then high school. And then I also just think that it's interesting um, Like in mathematics and science, there were mm -hmm. a lot more males and very few women. Mm -hmm. um, but then in, um, I mean, my father's an English teacher, but like languages and things of that nature, I, I saw a lot more women mm -hmm. than men. And just seeing that difference uh, and I think how that, um, I think that is seen across yeah the country and regardless of race i think that comes yeah. into play as well too absolutely i remember mr queen uh, my sixth grade english teacher uh, who also taught drama which reminds me of your dad mm -hmm. uh, and he was really impactful as well he had a love for language and poetry and literature and i learned how to fall in love with words in Mr. Queen's class. So shout out Mr. Queen. And you know what? I ran across your page, his page on Facebook. 
um, a few months ago, and I added you as a friend. I don't know if you have confirmed or not, but I'm gonna try to tag you in this post. Um, okay. Alicia talked a lot about mindset. And you talk a lot about mindset. So how has your mindset or just shifts over time, how has it impacted your life? And um, yeah, talk to me about that. My quality of life is directly related to my mindset. Mm, that's deep. Um, there have been a couple of times where uh, externally, it, um, I talk a lot about um, after I got sober, things got much better. I got sober when I was 25. Um, things got much better. And then I got into what I was doing. Right. And I didn't drink, but like I, I went back to school and uh, I got, so there, there uh, was this period of time where I got the girl back. I got the job that I want, you know, I graduated, got the job that I wanted. Uh, we moved in together. I was making good money, um, or at least steady. I was a paramedic. So in the beginning, you don't yeah, make yeah, tons yeah. of money, but, um, and I was completely miserable. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last year prior to my injury, um, I got focused on recovery and healing. And through that, my mindset changed. Um, and then when I had my injury, I've you know frequently talked about how I, I had a, a spiritual awakening. I became aware that uh, no matter what happened to me physically, I was okay and I was going to continue to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then post injury, you know, I already talked about that. You know, I wasn't going to let fear hold me back. Yeah. Um, and I've had some amazing things and I've had some soul crushing things happen since my injury and have been extremely grateful. And then, um, uh, not so much my, well, I mean, some of it was, uh, there were several different factors. I mean, pandemic hit, mm -hmm. um, you're in a new, state. I was in a new city and state. Uh, I had started to grow a community of people through yoga, uh, down here and then the pandemic sort of pulled me out of that. And then the wounds sort of helped contribute to that. Cause I wasn't going to yoga because I couldn't sit on, and I mm -hmm. typically sit on the mat. Um, and so then <laughs> ironically, I found like, I, through a series of events, I became much more successful at work. Um, and then suddenly I found this deal where I was married to the woman of my dreams. I was killing it at work. I was struggling with a pressure wound, but mm -hmm. um, like I had all this amazing externally. Mm -hmm. Things are amazing. And I was again miserable. Now, some of that is also mental health because I mean, so it's not just yeah. mindset. Yeah. Uh, but as I started coming out of that, like I have uh, been acutely aware recently of how not necessarily I have changed, but my mindset has changed. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was just thinking about this earlier today. So that I um, the challenges at work seem bigger, the challenges at home seem bigger because my mindset is off. And again, some of that is mental health and I'm you know, doing counseling, we're yeah, doing yeah. all that stuff. And some of it is just reconnecting to all of the things that helped me get my mind right. Um, and man, it has been difficult. I, I haven't been posting on social media much the last mm -hmm. couple of years, uh, but Recently, I've been going through and uh, reading my memories every day mm. to sort of reconnect with where I was at and the mm. perspective that I had. And um, it can be amazing and also soul crushing to read some of that. And then I also look at some of the comments that people made and I'm like, man, I am not where you want to be. Not where I want to be. Yeah. I'm not 
I mean, I am, but I am not acting as the person that they're commenting about. Mm. Like, I'm just not there. So, yeah. um, but so much goes into that and it, it takes a while for that to change. Like it's, you know, piece by piece and you can't, you know, you can't turn a battleship or not a battleship, but a uh, big ocean liner on a dime. Like yeah. it, it, it takes a while. It took a while to get off course. It's going to take a while to get back on course. Do you feel like you see a path forward? Like I see I, where I need to go and how I need to get there. I just need to stick to. I definitely see opinion. a path and also know that um, I can have an idea of what the path is, but the path frequently changes. And mm -hmm. so that uh, not being rigid is extremely important. That ability to be like, oh, this needs this to be a priority. Yeah. yeah, this isn't working or that used to work or yeah. uh, it's not as high a priority. This needs to become a bigger priority. Absolutely. I think that's so good. Um, and <laughs> I would imagine we all face seasons like this. Yeah. That's what I love about seasons because they, they come and go, they change us. Um, we get to adapt. And sometimes it takes, sometimes you, I'll speak for myself. I can float through a season and then I get to the end of it. And it's like, how did I get here? And then you look back and it's like, ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Let me get back on course. So in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm, in a very similar season as you it's like how did i get here let me figure this out and try to get back on um a path that that is headed toward where i want to be what i want to do um and not losing sight of that i find that when i'm journaling i am much more in tune um on track um and when i'm not i'm not <laughs> So, I mean, one of the many benefits of age is that uh, I know that I've been in similar situations or um, similar mindsets or like I know that I can get to the other side of that and that I was OK through the entire thing. Right. So it's not a matter of like, I'm going to be OK. I am OK and I will right. continue to be OK. Yeah, that's true. Preach, preach, preacher. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> has fatherhood changed you at all? I don't know if it's necessarily changed me. I think it makes me more aware of certain things about myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I also don't always give myself enough credit. Mm. Um, I've been told by my dad, therapist, and I think you recently that I can be too hard on myself. Uh, so maybe there's something to that. And on one hand, um, I can see the detriment in that. But on the other hand, I can also see that uh, if you like the higher your standards, like you need high standards to achieve certain things. And so having those high standards and so finding that happy medium of holding yourself accountable mm -hmm. and also having grace with yourself is, yeah. is, it's important. is important. So um, I frequently have joked about how I, I, I knew I was unprepared for being a father to teenagers. And then within the first week of moving in, I was like, oh, I didn't realize how unprepared. Um, but I also Girl. think that, um, I mean, nobody's ever prepared and like, I, I think the wildly egocentric thing was thinking that I had to have all the answers, which, mm. I mean, they're just human beings that are trying to figure stuff out. Like yeah. they're growing all into... The person that they're going to be and want to be mm -hmm. and it's challenging and difficult and uh you know teenagers have a lot of hormones going on and so mm -hmm. um i mean that brings into stuff like so it i mean really i should just be like you know trying to be loving hold them accountable mm -hmm. but also show grace and then 
I think you do a really good job of all of that. Um, and then also just like being a cheerleader that might you know, occasionally point in a direction like, hey, your, your path might be like, you say you want this, but you're going that way. The path might be over there, mm -hmm. you know, but also knowing that I, I more than a dozen times people have been tried to point me in a certain direction and I'm like you don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. and then been like oh maybe they did maybe or they did. but also sometimes they didn't know what they were talking mm -hmm. about like just because i'm 51 or you know because i've had the life experience that i've had doesn't mean that i've got it all figured out and obviously being a white male in the u.s is way different than being a black woman mm -hmm. in the u.s and so there are some things that i'm just not going to have the answer yeah. But I can also sometimes be like, yeah, that is BS. Yeah, it is just a game. But guess what? Whether you play the game or not, those are the rules of the game right now. Right. It doesn't make it yeah. right. Yeah. But like, yeah. I can give you some pointers on how to <laughs> win some of this game or like at least not have take beatdowns in the game. Yeah. Like, you know, like. He's got. Uh... Kind of piggybacking on a conversation we had with one of our daughters about college. Uh, well, I think just in general, yeah. there's lots of stuff that comes up. Oh I'm my like, god! Yeah, yeah, it's not fair, but guess what? That's the way that it is. Yeah, like yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I'll you're, be the first to admit it. Tell my kids, you're in the matrix. Just like accept it or unplug, unplug from the matrix, and good luck with that. <laughs> um, okay, Alicia uh, uh, talked about rest, so I have a question for you: Is mm. rest earned? or deserved it is deserved like I, I don't know man i struggle with this <laughs> so somewhere along the line which i don't want to go completely against this but like the whole like hustle mentality mm -hmm. um preach is such a crock yeah. um it's okay and, it's curse um <laughs> Like the meme that like 40 hours a week, I remember my first part-time job and all that stuff. I'm like, man, people have died yeah. so that we don't have to work seven days a week. People have yeah. died so we don't have to uh, work 11, 12, 13 hours a day. Like, right, literally. People yeah. have died fighting for that stuff. And people have, um, like somewhere along the line, people are like, well, bought into this crap and like yes if there's mm -hmm. something that you are passionate about by all means hustle but at the same time it is not who you are and and also you have to like you can't pour from an empty cup and so you have to fill your cup whether that be rest whether that be mm -hmm. uh your faith whether i mean it's it's a combination of all those okay. things and so uh, rest is something that is needed and so like needed. when I'm exhausted and like feeling guilty for taking a day where I don't do anything because I, I should be doing x y and z whether that be laundry or whatever um, I'm just buying into like I can't do that all the time like I right. so finding that balance again is difficult but no rest is like you were just talking about needing rest last night like this morning he was like man so glad I got to sleep in last yeah, night. Yeah, like I, I, I ate my dinner and fell asleep in front of the TV, got up and then did my stuff that I have to do every night and then went to bed and got a solid eight hours of sleep. And I was like, I feel like a different human being. And um, when I first moved down here, like I've always known that I get more emotional when I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I first moved here, I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so. Like I was trying to do all the things and, and, you know, I'm working a new job and uh, making sure at the time I was walking Grant two to three miles a day, I was getting my workout in and then, you know, living alone, you've got all the stuff to take care of. And right. so like Friday nights would come around, I'd be exhausted. And there more than a couple of times I would ball leaving mm -hmm. work. Like what, what did I do? Like I, <laughs> You know, I was new at the job, so I wasn't being successful yet. Mm -hmm. um, it takes some time to to grow into that. And so, like, I don't like not being good doing at what well, I'm doing. Like, uh, 
And so I was struggling with that. I was lonely. I was tired. And I would just, and so I'd get home. I, you know, spend time with Graham, have a good meal. I'd sleep in. Uh, there was a restaurant that I used to go to, Kitchen 324, all the Shout time. Out. Uh, and I'd go and have breakfast on Saturday, take Graham for another walk. And it was like the sun was brighter, like, mm-hmm. like food Just tasted better. Sleep. Like I got some sleep, some quality <laughs> time. I meditated and had some good meals. And then <laughs> suddenly, like, commercial. yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it goes back to halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Well, I was usually like, all oh, four. I never that before. Oh, yeah. So don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm. Um, and so, you know, hanging out with people, getting, you know, I had one teacher that used to say, uh, there's nothing that cheeseburger and a nap can't fix. I used, said to joke, that before. <laughs> I used to joke, well, there's some cardiologists that might, you know, but like just that, like, oh, eating something, getting some right, rest, right. and, you know, and then going and hanging out with some folks. And then, like, yeah, like I would have a completely different perspective yeah. by Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's important. Um, I when I'm tired, I'm just uh, moody. You don't I'm... say. <laughs> it's like yeah. me saying, you know, when we don't have enough to eat. Sometimes I can get a scotch grumpy. Listen, so it was in our vows. It's- I there's one thing that his family made clear before we got married like keep this man fed if he is not fed he is not happy the hangry kicks in I'm getting a lot better I mean I still I've get only it. seen it a couple of times I still get it I just know enough to keep my mouth shut like if I'm real hungry I know that I get irritable so I just keep my mouth shut and stay out of trouble because like yeah well I did make a vow to keep him fed so I hope I'm doing okay on that. Usually. So I think it's quiet, I know. It's food. It's the food, y'all. Okay. Um ugh, I feel like I could just talk to you all night. Um so I'm trying to figure out which questions do I want to, you know, I'd love to if you're watching this and you have paraplegia, um uh I would love to talk about some of those things. So I have on here traveling as she was talking about retirement mm-hmm. and uh, and what that looks like. So first, do you think you could live in or retire to another country? Yes. Okay. Bet. Let's do it. Sorry. Red mic. Um, let's do it. Cause I, I love that. Um, um, and then talk to us about traveling with paraplegia. So like, <laughs> I know we both shared posts recently from uh, was it uh, Mobility USA? I forget what the uh, tag I was. Just went blank because the. Oh, I will US find Final it. Final Associations I, Magazine, which is something Mobility, and I can't remember. It's right that. here. Hold on. Um, Keep talking. Though. New Mobility. New Mobility, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there are all. Oh, and that's the cover too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's. Uh, uh, air travel with a wheelchair is ridiculous. Donkulous, um, y'all. And um, stop breaking our equipment. Eleven over it was like eleven thousand six hundred yeah. something uh, wheelchairs in twenty twenty two. In uh, one year, and were damaged. Um, Talk about the significance of that, because I think it, some people may be watching. And I mean, if you've never had to use a wheelchair, um, having your wheelchair damaged is not the same as like having your luggage damaged. Yeah, not all not all wheelchairs are the same. People think a wheelchair is a wheelchair is a wheelchair, and that is not true. Most of the people, especially if they're taking it when they're traveling, mm-hmm. uh, it's. Uh, the CRT, which is complex, complex rehab technology. So they are like custom made, custom fitted to them, specific to their needs. So it's not like the wheelchairs that you see at the airport mm-hmm. or that you see in the hospital where there somebody's getting pushed around. Like mine is specifically made for me. My cushion, um, just the cushion alone, is four hundred dollars because it is 
it helps prevent pressure wounds. Yeah. Um, it is, it's essentially the same as saying the airline broke 11,600, I think 39, I can't remember the exact number, people's legs yeah. last year. Because yeah. like, this is how I get around. And so it's not like, oh, we can get you a chair that you can use. So even if they do repair them, in which one of the reasons why they don't do the training is it costs them less to repair and replace the uh, wheelchairs than it uh, would to do training and continue that cycle of training mm -hmm. all their employees. So it is a conscious decision made by the airlines to not do the training. Yeah. Um, but there are people that have died because their equipment was broken. They were put into a chair that was not fit for their needs. They got a pressure wound and um, you can die from a pressure wound. It is yeah. not uncommon at all for people to get a pressure wound. It continues to get worse. It gets infected. They go septic and they are dead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then there's also the fact of like, even if you don't get to that extreme, uh, there's the humiliation of uh, being there have been several people that have been dropped or just mishandled or uh, in getting that assistance in the transfer in and out of their chair. Um, the most recently, the flight to Washington that we took, the first yeah. leg I was able to get up, get to, um, which I've always flown Southwest specifically because I could get to the first row. So I could get my chair to the first row, make the transfer into the, into the seat, and then they take my chair and it goes away. So um, they have changed their airline. So now I can't even get to the first row in my chair. Right. So I either have to slow everything down and have them bring the aisle chair and then have help people help me and do that. And so um, I either have to go through that or I do what I did where yeah. I like got down onto the ground and then got back up and back the into the seat yeah which going there just because the way everything was positioned was fairly easy to get into the seat but then getting back into my chair getting down was fine getting back into my chair just the angle that i was having to hold on to mm -hmm. I, I struggled with um so yeah there but like once you get there the hotels even if you check and double check and have them like there are all sorts of things as far as like the height of the bed sometimes mm -hmm. is difficult. Yeah. Uh, they don't actually have a shower bench, even though it's supposed to be a mobility accessible room. The um, My first hotel in my cross-country trip uh, last year when I rode my hand cycle mm -hmm. across the U.S. Um, put me into a room and uh, I came down and I said, hey, it's not accessible. It doesn't have this, this or this. And they said, it's accessible. And I was like, I can't use the room because I can't use it because of this, this, and this. And they said, well, the architects know what they're doing. I said, well, clearly not. I can't use it. Like, and I yeah. am a pretty high functioning person with Absolutely. paralysis. Yeah. Um, not because of anything special about me, just because my level of injury allows for me to have more upper full body use strength, of your arms full, full and, use of my arms yeah. and some abdominal muscles. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, traveling, I love to travel. Traveling with a disability, the nice way of saying it, is difficult. Yeah. Very nice. And once you've been to a certain place, then like I know places that I can and can't go in, mm -hmm. in Vegas or in you know, different cities that I've been to. But every time you go to a new place, it's like, well, let's see what happens here. Yeah. So if you are watching this, if you want to be an ally, um, you can uh, reach out to your airlines, let them know that, you know, these new features that they are testing out, they need them. So one feature is being able to stay in your chair while on the plane and not having to get out of the plane and into the airport or into the airplane chairs. Um, another feature that they're looking at are wider aisles. Mm -hmm. um, and there was another one. Actually having accessible bathrooms. Only. Oh, ex <laughs> accessible bathrooms. So literally on this last trip, like you wouldn't drink. Um, yeah, I intentionally dehydrate myself in order, which is not uncommon, which then raises the risk of urinary tract infections. Right. 
I use catheters to empty my bladder, which a lot of people with paralysis do. And so uh, one of the things you're supposed to do is drink plenty of fluids to prevent UTIs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, I couldn't do that because I can't. So our Pete uh, Buttigieg, I hope I said your name right, um, de, uh, transportation, um, he's with the transportation department. Mm -hmm. So um, I know he that. Heads the transportation yeah. What did I say? He's with. I was so, just making sure. Yeah. You know, Mr. Transportation Guy. Um, yeah, we love what you're doing and hope that you can actually get some things done and not just, uh, you know, talked about um, on planes. It is, it affects real people. I'm just looking at the picture of this uh, wheelchair that was uh, damaged. Um, I mean, good Lord. So now what does a person do once they get off the plane? Think about it. Wheelchair's damaged. Y'all brought it to me. It's damaged. I can't do anything with it. So like literally, how how's this person? It's not like he can go down to the neighborhood Walgreens and buy a new uh, wheelchair. So And it can take months to get it repaired or uh, replaced. And yeah. So I've gone to four roll on Capitol Hills and four or five uh chapter leadership meetings for mm -hmm. United Spinal Association. And I've never been to one of those events where at least one person hasn't had their wheelchair damaged on the way there. Oh my goodness gracious. So chime in to the comments. Um, if you have had your wheelchair damaged while traveling, we wanna hear from you. I'd love to know about your experiences. Um, one, it helps to document it and let other people know who are watching this and maybe didn't even know. I know before I married Adam, I just was completely clueless about what life was like for people um, with uh, different disabilities. And so I'm learning a lot and I'm learning how to be an ally, um, how to um, be a support, but um, also use my voice. So, um, I think that's also a good time for us to shut down because it is it time to take our 16-year-old to the homecoming dance <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for us to go party with some adults. Yes. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm so glad you all got to meet Sir Adam, as we like to call him. She says we did. It's really funny her. No. Valerie calls you Sir Adam as well. Oh, does she? Mm -hmm. I think she may. All the girls actually. give you a hard time for like Sir Adam. Ugh. Yes, they do, but they understand. Uh, so thank y'all for tuning in. Um, would love to know what you thought about this episode. Please chime in um, on the comments if you have questions or if you want to learn more. I'll try to leave as many resources as I can in the description and. Uh, until next time. Thank you. Deuces. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Thank Bye. You.